Hey everybody, welcome to Media Review Pod, a variety podcast of discussions, opinions, and interviews focusing on the entertainment side of media. My name is Richard Santiago, and today we have a special episode because we will be speaking with a very special guest who just so happens to have a book coming out soon. She is a Puerto Rican visual artist, an entrepreneur, and an old friend, Mara Torres. Welcome to the show. Hi, Richard. Gracias. Thank you for having me. It's very cool to have you. How, how, how did I make out with your name? Was that, did that sound great? Did you like it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. So the last time we saw each other, we were talking about this book that you wanted to publish and you were asking questions because I had recently published a book and now you're here just weeks, probably days by the time people listen to this before the big reveal How does it feel? It feels great. <laughs> It's been a five, almost five-year project. Wow. Ever since I started documenting. And it's finally coming to reality on September 20th. All right. That's it. I'm, I'm really, really happy for you. I'm very proud. I'm excited to see the book. And we'll talk about it in detail later on. But first of all, um, you know, Mara and I have known each other for quite a while Um, we've known each other since we were kids. We have uh, been f tied with family for a long time, especially with my wife, because uh, you were her neighbor <laughs> for a long time. More than neighbors, we're like family, we're like right. sisters. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and Mara also, she holds a very special place in my heart because she was our wedding planner. And that, my friends, is not an easy job. She had to deal with uh, Groomzilla and <laughs> <laughs> and a, a bunch of... Yeah, we, we won't get into detail with that, but um, she was very patient with us and she did a really great show for us. Uh, so I really appreciate that. By the way, uh, as, as long as I've known you, you've, you've always had something going on. I don't know. You just have some. You're either selling something or you have a company doing That's this. That's true. Or, yeah. Um, so I, I just wanted to get to to the core of this, starting from the beginning. Where were you born and raised? Born and raised in San Juan, Puerto Rico. 38 years, <laughs> I lived in Puerto Rico. That's the most part of my life. All right. That was you. You you lived probably like 10 minutes away from me, right? Yeah, Coupe. Mm -hmm. It's just pointed out not San Juan Coupe okay so while you were growing up did you always have this this kind of notion that you wanted to have a business own a business and create yes uh when I was almost four years old that's when I started my professional artistic training mm -hmm. at, la, at la Liga de Arte in old San Juan and then growing up through I remember high school maybe middle school mm. i was always creating and selling at school okay then i was certified by prida and i was selling at which is what what's, what's that what's prida prida is a puerto rican institute for the development of the arts okay so i was a certified artisan by fomento of puerto rico okay and i was uh creating and selling at uh las noches de san juan Mm -hmm. at uh, the Fiestas de la Calle San Sebastián. Which are probably the biggest party you can ever It's, go to. It is the biggest, oh yeah, in Puerto Rico, I, I, every January. Mm -hmm. And then I, when I graduated from high school, I went off 
to my formal studies in at Fine Arts, the School of Fine Arts and Design of Puerto Rico, the Escuela okay. de Artes Plásticas okay. in Old San Juan as well. Okay. In that school, were you were you doing something specific that you wanted to like paint just painting or were you doing other stuff? Would say painting, photography, stained glass, and okay. mosaic. Okay. Among other things, but those were my main. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, did you get your your bachelor there? I bachelor's did, degree. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Fine arts and painting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, once you finished college, did you go straight into um, the workforce? How how did that go? I went straight into my first business. Oh wow! I, you wasted yeah. no time. I did not waste time. Okay. I opened my first business, which was. Uh, related to events, mm-hmm. I had my own event invitations business, and I started making the paper. So it was invitations with handmade paper, mm-hmm. and I did everything from the paper to the design and the print. Everything was in-house. Okay. And then that developed into event planning. Mm-hmm. That's when I did your own wedding. Yeah, yeah. That's when the term groomzilla <laughs> came into existence uh and then it evolved into event design and then it evolved including rentals so we owned every single piece of inventory from the from dinnerware to shares tables tents the florals and it was a very successful 18 plus career Wow. So that entrepreneurial spirit has always been within you. Yes? Always. Yeah. So what what made you stop doing that? Was there something specific that you can pinpoint and say, all right, I, I want to stop doing this and I'm into another thing? Did you just get bored or, or what? Hurricane Maria. Okay. So I was in the peak of my career. I had just partnered with uh, Preston Bailey. Mm-hmm who is a world-renowned celebrity event designer. I had just partnered with him August of 2017. Mm-hmm. We had an event in Puerto Rico where we had people from 12 countries fly to Puerto Rico for that event. August 2017, and then September 20th of 2017, everything changed. Okay. So Puerto Rico was completely devastated. Mm-hmm. So, of course, events are not a priority. Mm-hmm. So, we got a, over a year of cancellations. Wow. We decided to move out as a family. And originally, I was going to fly in for the big events. Then, Does it make because sense? of how everything was evolving or not evolving in Puerto Rico, mm-hmm. I just decided okay. to uh, stop live a healthier life (laughs) and transition back to 100% the visual arts. Okay. All right. And we'll we'll get into Hurricane Maria soon. Uh, But before we go into that, um, you've always been an artist. You've always had this sense of self-expression. How how did you manifest this as a kid while you were growing up? I always had, I I was always signed up, uh, Ever since I was three years old, mm-hmm. I was signed up for art, art classes. So all through my childhood, I was taking art classes. Mm. 
and I had a mentor, very important mentor, Betsy Padin, very well-known artist in Puerto Rico. And uh, I was always creating. Was this as a Never hobby or, or did you know that you wanted to do this for, your, for a living? It might have started as a hobby, mm -hmm. but I always had maybe my entrepreneur side mm. always geared me towards living through art. I've always been my boss. Yeah, and that's great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that that's that's one of the perks of having your own business. So, yeah. do, do you ever think that your work gets in the way of creating? Cuz sometimes, I mean, it it happens to 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 a bunch of artists that you you have your business, you have to sell this and 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 then you you can't really find some time to actually create what you want to do. Um And I know you paint. Well, I know you do. You do um, your your glass, uh, stained glass. Um, do you ever feel like maybe if I had two more hours in the day, I could make maybe make more stuff? Oh, of course, because I own a gallery. Mm -hmm. I have to take care of the business side mm -hmm. of the storefront. Yep. So it might interfere, yes, uh, but at the same time, my work is based on creating. Even when I'm doing the business side, I'm designing videos, I'm designing logos, posters, everything that's geared towards the art exhibits. Mm. So I'm always creating. Okay. Maybe I'm not always painting, mm -hmm. but I am always creating. I, I always have to be creative. Right. And you, you mentioned you have your own gallery. Um, it's called Mara Art Studio Gallery, right? This yep. is in Sarasota, Florida. Yes. This is very different from what you had before. Because before you Completely just had this different. event planning company. And now it's a full-on studio. It's a gallery. When you go in there, it's a very inviting place. Um, it's not huge, but the ceilings are high and, you know, it gives this impression of, of, of grandeur. Um, there's also the second story. My studio. Oh, that's where you paint. That's where you do all your yeah. stuff. Okay. All right. All right. I got you. So what are you doing there aside from, uh, aside from painting? Well, aside from painting, I, I, yes, I do have a studio set up for YouTube. Eventually. Because I have, <laughs> I have a lot of people, including yourself, telling me that I have to. But I, I enjoy painting. Mm -hmm. So when I'm not painting, I'm on the computer upstairs while working behind the scenes, mm -hmm. uh, all the gallery work. When I'm not on the computer, I want to be painting. I don't want to be doing YouTube. Mm -hmm. What, a, what about the, the resin stuff that I saw in your studio? You do well, that I too, do right? all of that upstairs, yeah. Okay. Everything is upstairs from... Because I also, besides the paintings, I do a lot of functional art pieces. Mm. Trays, tables, coasters. Mm -hmm. Do you ever hold um, like tutorials for people who want to come in and you teach them how to do it? I have workshops available downstairs. Uh, the most popular ones are the acrylic pour, which okay. I have four different options. This, this studio is not only for you to work. It's not only just a gallery, but you also have a space in the back, right? Where you sometimes do stuff, right? Like uh, receptions or things like that. 
Yes. So for every art exhibit, I have an opening reception. Mm. And then I have a small courtyard and I have a bigger courtyard on the back. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So during season, I have at least one event per month. Okay. And then I have, I host, for example, Angels for Artists, which is for, it's a big auction event. Last January, we had almost 200 people come in. And that's for uh, Halo Arts Project. Mm. Um, this upcoming January is going to be the third year that they're going to be having their event here at the gallery. So you have this this uh, new exposition coming up, the Justified Ancient Art Expo. That's in October. I saw what you are planning on doing there, and it looks pretty amazing. Can you just give us a brief taste of what we can expect? So the Justify an Ancient exhibit is also partnered up with Halo Arts Project. Okay. So we're going to have 16 artifacts uh, on display mm -hmm. all the way from 3000 BC yeah. to the 19th century. So we paired up one artifact with one artist. Mm -hmm. So we're going to have 16 artifacts. 16 artists, contemporary artists, and 16 contemporary pieces. So the artists had to create a contemporary piece inspired by the artifact that they were paired up with. Mm, very cool. And we're going to have, and the collector is a local uh, Sarasota um, resident, mm -hmm. a, a collector, who graciously uh, gave us the artifacts for the exhibit. Mm -hmm. And then we have October 27th, we have a big event, a formal affair mm -hmm. with uh, the collector, a poet, delicious food, wine, mm. music. The artists are going to be here. I'm going to be there. A book, you're going to be here. Yep. A book is being uh, printed to accompany the exhibit. Okay. So it's going to be a really nice event. And then we have another event on the 28th. And then the exhibit open to the public November 1st to the 17th. Wow. I'm, I'm really excited to go there. Because when you showed me what you're planning on putting on display, it's amazing. I am a sucker for old stuff. And just thinking that some of the things that we're going to see there are so, so really old. old. It's it's incredible. So I'm I'm really looking forward to that. I was approached by someone at the Ringling, the college, Ringling College. They're doing a documentary on minorities, uh, women minorities in Sarasota that are making a difference okay. in the community. They approached me as a minority, mm. and I said yes. And that uh, I am actually. I gave them the gallery as the location for the exhibit mm -hmm. that's coming up on uh, December. How was it having all those cameras and lights? Did they did they bring all the <laughs> setup there? They did, and of course you had to ask. That's not my thing. <laughs> <laughs> but I went through. <laughs> okay, did they, they interview? In they interviewed you, right? Yeah, they yeah. came in twice. Yeah. Okay. With all the cameras and lights and yeah. All right. So you used to interviews. This, you know, us talking right now is just just like having a conversation. But you've it's, you've it actually feels been like interviewed. A conversation. Yeah, but you've actually had an interview where you sit down. You're on. You're in the spotlight, and cameras right in your face. 
it's it's a it's a it's a very interesting experience. I can tell you. It is. <laughs> it is. All right. So when when does that come out? That documentary. Friday, December second. It's the opening reception for Warriors of Sarasota, mm -hmm. the interconnections of diasporic roots, identity, sisterhood, and service. Oh, okay. All right. So it's coming out this year then. This year, December second. Okay. All right. Okay, Mara. So the reason we're here today is not just to talk about your background or your studio or other, uh, even though I do, I do want to delve into that. But the main reason why we're here is because you have a book coming out. And I find that the background of this book is very interesting. Um, <laughs> she's right now, for people who, who are listening, she's showing me the book on the screen. Um, now, it has a very peculiar name because it's just a number. And people who see it will think just that, just a number. But it's it's a very special number for you in particular um, because it refers to a specific date that changed the lives of many people forever. So let's start there. Let's uh, let, let's start with what is this title referring to? So it's not just a number uh, because I'm from Puerto Rico. Mm -hmm. In Spanish, when you're writing a date, mm -hmm. it, the day comes before the month. Yes. In English, it's the other way around. Mm -hmm. So in English, it would be 920, mm -hmm. which was a suggestion by my publisher. But I said no, because it for me, it's too familiar to 911. Mm -hmm. I don't want it to be 920. So 209 stands for September 20th, 20 de septiembre, which is the day... Maria made landfall in Puerto Rico and changed our lives. Now, can you take us to that day and the aftermath? Because even though I was aware of the hurricane because, you know, I was in contact with all my friends and my family, um, I don't think most people can grasp the dire circumstances that the island faced back then. And and by the way, it's still recovering from that. So can you just oh, yeah. take us back to that moment when it happened and what happened after? So remember, we were not just getting ready for a big hurricane. We had just gone through Hurricane Irma. Mm -hmm. So in my case, as well as other homes in Puerto Rico, I already had no power because I had already lost power with Hurricane Irma. Mm -hmm. So we were getting ready for this big hurricane without not even knowing how big and catastrophic it was going to be. So we shut everything down as we used to in Puerto Rico with wood panels on your glass doors and windows. So during the hurricane, we didn't sleep, of course. There was no way because of the sound mm -hmm. of the wind. Yeah. Our house got flooded and we had we wow. couldn't open a door to get the water out. Mm -hmm. When it was finally over and we opened our front door, I don't know if you were ever at my house, but we couldn't see the highway before. And when we opened that door... What, what, what did you see before? So before the hurricane, when you opened the door... Trees. You, it was just trees. No, no, no. I could see my front door neighbor's house mm -hmm. but behind the house i could see trees okay not a forest yeah. but a line of trees that 
covered the view uh, of the highway. Mm -hmm. So when we opened the door, it was the craziest thing. You opened the door to a new world. Everything was gray. Mm -hmm. I could see the highway. The trees were gone. Uh, of course, we had no power. Yeah. No phone service. We had no clue uh, what was going on. Because it wasn't just, oh, I can see the highway now. Mm -hmm. We had no idea what we were going to encounter when we were going to get in our cars and drive somewhere. So first thing, we couldn't get out. Because when we tried getting out, the entrance of our neighborhood was completely covered with trees, fallen trees. So, so there was no way everywhere. out. Debris everywhere. Yeah. Okay. So that entrance was completely covered. We couldn't get out when we finally could. I remember first stop was my mom's house. The highway was completely flooded. Wow. Completely flooded. So we were driving through the flooded highway all the way to my mom's house. And it's a picture of everything was completely different. Mm -hmm. Everything was down. No trees. I mean, everything was leveled. Everything was, everything was gray. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, we, we still had no idea what was going on. Island, I mean, the whole island, what was yeah. going on. Yeah, because just for a little perspective, Mara and I, we we were fortunate enough to grow up in an area, in in the metropolitan area of Puerto Rico, that has many uh, stable structures, and um, it's uh, it's more connected to everybody. At the same time, you are able to travel through the highway and get to places faster. So it's kind of like a bubble. Oh, yeah. Now, you travel... Oh, but let me tell you, you know, they say the bubble, and we haven't talked about this before. Okay, okay. So I had to drive every day to my mom's house because in my house, of course, we had no power. Mm -hmm. We only had a generator to sleep mm -hmm. because we would do 10, 12, 14-hour long lines at the gas station to get gas to turn on the generator at night. Mm -hmm. So we went to my mom's house every day to take a shower. We have no water either. Mm -hmm. And we're and we're considered privileged, mm -hmm. right? Yep. No water, no power, so no food. So we went to my mom's house to eat and take a shower every day. And we referred to my mom's house, which is in Condado, as the bubble. Mm -hmm. And every night when we said goodbye, okay, bye, we're going back to the black hole. Mm -hmm. because when you went past a certain point, no phone service, period. So we literally, we wanted to use our cell phone. We would stop in front of Plaza Las Americas, which is the mall, mm -hmm. in the highway. We, we, everyone would stop there in the middle of the highway to use the phone. So wow. I went from the black hole to the bubble, from the bubble to the black yeah. hole, every single day. Yeah. So, uh, speaking of the bubble, um, so... You guys were fortunate enough that you were able to go see your mom and make sure that everything was fine, right? But people yep. across the island who didn't have that type of access, they were stuck in 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 their own towns, right? They couldn't they couldn't leave. Yep. There were towns where the roads just completely vanished, right? Yep. 
they they got eroded completely um floodings everywhere they the water wasn't receding it it was just it, it was, was even worse for them yeah, yeah. I, and i started documenting i went through different towns mm -hmm. and i started documenting okay. and months after i was still documenting and months after i remember this one house and one of the pieces on the on the series on the 209 series is that house december of 2017 mm -hmm. that had no roof had a blue tarp as a roof and let's say a house has four exterior walls that one only had two wow. and a whole family was living in that in in inside that house mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. months after the hurricane okay so so this was this was a very traumatic day and a very traumatic experience as a whole for the people of puerto rico including you and so this book that you have out uh, 209 it's inspired by this event what in particular are you including in this book that's referring to the hurricane? Well, everything in the book is the aftermath okay. of uh, Hurricane Maria. Uh, and every piece, it's a visual, it's a visual arts book. Mm -hmm. Every piece tells a story, whether it's a story that I in particular went through, mm -hmm. personal story, or it tells the story of thousands of Puerto Ricans, hundreds of thousands of Puerto Ricans. It did, from the first time I went to the grocery store to empty aisles, mm -hmm. that was me, but not just me, uh, to politics. When President Trump went to Puerto Rico well, 13 days after the storm, yep. That's how long it took him. And then he was throwing paper towel rolls to the crowd in Guaynabo City. Like, mm -hmm. why wasn't he taken to another town? Yeah. Right? And then throwing paper towel rolls. And I, all I kept thinking was, we have no water. What are we using the paper towel rolls for? We have no water. We have no food. So there's five pieces in the series uh, inspired by Trump. Mm -hmm. Four of them. I used the paper towel roll core as one of the elements of the pieces. Mm. So from first visit to the grocery store to politics. Yeah. Not only was he throwing paper towel rolls, but he was also kind of downplaying the severity of what the people were going through in yeah. the island. So And the depths. Yeah. So there's a little bit of everything in the book. I'm not going to talk about everything. I want you to buy yeah, the book. Of course, of course. Yeah, and I know, I know, I know. Okay. This book is, uh, it's it's for Puerto Rico. Mm -hmm. I mean, Puerto Rico was the inspiration uh, behind the book. Was there was there a particular story? Not not. Don't tell me what what the piece that you are including there is, but is there a particular story either from you or from people that you met around that hit you? The one that stands out particularly to you? I would say that they all have, they all touch me in a different way. Mm -hmm. But the one named Reconocidos, mm -hmm. which translates into recognized, mm -hmm. 
is the one that hits me the most. And it's that's the one that talks about the recognized and the unrecognized dead, the people that died. Mm. Okay, got it. Now, all the pieces in there are from you. Yes, are original yes. from you? Yeah. Yes, there... but yeah. mm-hmm. I also have a poem. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was paired up with this poet from New Jersey, Danny Schott, which I have never known in my life uh, by this uh, nonprofit here in Sarasota, Art in Common Places. Mm-hmm. They pair up poets with visual artists, and we have to come up with what we're going to work on. The poet writes a poem, the artist does a visual uh, visual art, whether it's a 2D, 3D piece of art. And then they print out broadcasts, they print out posters and postcards, and they put, out, put it out on places, common places, laundromats, grocery stores, because mm-hmm. so, they want everyone to have access to art. So they send me the profile of this poet, and they're like, go ahead and see if you want to work with him. I go on his website, and I see a lot of, uh, collaborations he's done with New Yorkans, Puerto Rico, Puerto Ricans. I see those keywords on his website and I go back to Therese and I'm like, I want to work with him. And then I found out that when they sent my profile to him, he was like, I want to work with her. Mm. We were like the perfect match. And uh, after that project, he flew to Sarasota to, so that we could meet in person. Mm-hmm. And uh, he saw my template book. At the gallery, I asked him, do you want to write a poem for my book? And he's like, of course. And he wrote a poem on the piece named Maria, which is the eye of the hurricane. Okay. So that's also included in the book. I love that story. Now, does he have uh, family from Puerto Rico? Or is this just, he was just very interested in the culture and the people from Puerto Rico? He lived surrounded by Puerto Ricans mm-hmm. all of his life. Okay. That's how he has no connection, but uh, he was living in New Jersey, mm-hmm. <laughs> surrounded mm-hmm. by Puerto Ricans. All right. Well, I know you want to sell the book, um, and that, that's going to be awesome. I'm pretty sure it's going to sell out. But aside from that, is there anything else that you would like f- for people to take with them once they... Once they have the book, because it's it's designed to be a coffee table book, right? Yes. So what, aside from from them buying it, what else would you like for people to take from the book? I want, of course, Puerto Ricans to buy the book. Mm-hmm. But I also want Americans to buy the book. I want people who have no idea what Puerto Rico is. Mm-hmm. the relationship of Puerto Rico with the United States. Uh, I don't want to give much, mm-hmm. but uh, I want art collectors, art lovers, Puerto Ricans, Americans. Um, I want everyone to get a glimpse of what we went through, mm-hmm. what every Puerto Rican that was living in the island or the diaspora other Puerto Ricans that were watching from afar, what we all went through and how if we were not just a territory, what 
if we were not just a territory? What would have changed? Mm -hmm. So it's uh, it's the way of me expressing how I felt and still feel. It's like a voice. Mm -hmm. The book is a voice. So more like a learning experience for people who actually get the book and go through all the pieces that you have. And it is a coffee table book because I want people to not just put it in a bookcase Mm -hmm. or I want people to have that book on display in their homes Mm -hmm. for other people to watch. And it's not just about me selling the book. I want people to go through the book. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So you were you were ta- you were telling me before that after the hurricane hit, you had to leave, right? What was that experience? Because you're leaving everything behind. Your your family is there. Um, you're going to a place where you haven't lived before. What what was that like? As traumatizing as a hurricane, because I lived there for most part of my life, mm-hmm. thirty eight years. I had a very successful professional career, my family, which I mean, whoever lives in Puerto Rico lives a very, it's a family life. You celebrate everything, mm-hmm. every single, as simple as it is, yep. everything you celebrate it with family. Mm-hmm. Your neighbors are your family. Your friends are your family. Like your wife, Roxana, mm-hmm. was just my neighbor, but we we feel like we are family we're sisters mm-hmm. so i left that behind to come to the united states where i would have never thought i would have i mean i not just the united states i, I would have never moved out of puerto rico mm-hmm. if maria wouldn't have made landfall mm-hmm. it's as simple as that and i remember i uh flew out with my son when the airports were still closed through a military base and flew him out to my sister-in-law's house in Colorado. But I landed in New Jersey without knowing if I was connecting through JFK, LaGuardia. I had, I just landed in New Jersey mm. and I called back and my mom had arranged our connecting flight to Denver because he was an athlete and he had goals. And I knew that it was going to take forever to get back in the water. And because he had his goals, I just... And when, I was, you say, when you say go back in the water, it's because he's a swimmer. He's a swimmer. Okay, yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, he's a swimmer. <laughs> so I knew the pools were... Just, just as simple as the pool needs power. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. That's as simple as that. Yeah. There was no power. So you cannot have a swimming pool uh-huh. operating. Yeah. So he had goals of being in the national team. Mm-hmm. He had goals of uh, when graduating, going into a D1 school. I knew that that had to happen. And as hard as it was, it had to happen. So mm-hmm. we moved him out. And we're like, you just go through this uh, ninth grade. And then you come back. But then as... The weeks and months went by. We were like, we're going to have to move out as a family. And we eventually moved out July of 2018. Okay. And do you feel like you've adjusted? I will never adjust. (laughs) No, it's 
we moved to Sarasota, which I truly love, mm -hmm. but we don't have one family member here. We have made very good friends who feel like family, mm -hmm. but it's whoever has lived in Puerto Rico knows they will never be the same. There's no, I mean, even Christmas. Right. You know what Christmas in Puerto Rico is like. It's like there's nowhere in the world that Christmas feels the same as it is in Puerto Rico. <laughs> we yep. know how to party. Yep. We know how to, I mean, when you're surrounded by family, it's it's different. Yeah. So what would it take for you to go back? <laughs> if you ever, if you ever, if there's ever uh, uh, um, the opportunity for you to go back, Do you, do you think that you would go back? I would love to go back. There's actually, there's a line in the book that talks about it. Um, we moved here. It was a three-year plan. Hmm. When our son goes off to college and he achieves that D1 school goal, we move back. And it's been four years. Mm -hmm. So now that three-year plan, I say it's my 2030 plan okay when our daughter goes off to college she's gonna be an oncologist when will we move back to puerto rico so let's see about that okay i my heart still feels and plans for this to be temporary mm -hmm. but i don't know <laughs> if it will <laughs> well you always I have mean, us like two hours away from your place so you can always come visit i mean it's as simple as My, my, where I used to live, my neighbors, they lose power every other day. Do I want to go through that again? Mm -hmm. No. Uh, I was talking to one of my best friends this morning, and uh, he's been waiting for months to close on a house. Mm -hmm. Months. And now he's like, well, I'm going to see with my connections, because that's the other thing. If you have connections, if you're privileged and have connections. Yeah. It's a bit easier, but he's like, let me see if I can get power and water connected so we can move sooner than later. Mm -hmm. I mean, here you just log into a website and bam, you have power. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, yeah. so I don't, I don't know. My heart, I wish to go back someday, but I, I don't know. That's a really tough question. All right. Well, let's leave it right there. You can find Mara's book. 209 at shop fine arts slash books um, you can also find it in Barnes and Noble Books a Million and Sarasota Art Museum all those on the online shop you can go pre-order right now and there's a code right what's what's the code there's a code 209 pre-order in caps in caps no spaces That's valid on my website, mm -hmm. and that's uh, free shipping to Puerto Rico and the continental U.S. Okay, and that's valid until September 19th? It's valid until September 19th at 11.59 p.m. Okay. Because on September 20th is the release of the book. And then another thing, if you pre-order through my website before September 20th, I'm signing all those books. So you'll get a signed copy of the book. Okay, very cool. And there will be a signing at the Art Museum, right? Correct. I have a book signing event on September 20th okay. at 4 p.m. at the Sarasota Art Museum. Thank you so much for coming on. It was 
a great pleasure to catch up with you and hear you share these stories. It was great. Love it. Gracias. Gracias, right. gracias. If people want to see your work online, where can they go? MaraStudioGallery.com. Are you on social media at all? Facebook and Instagram. Also Mara Studio Gallery. And you can find us on Twitter at Media Review Pod. That's Media R-E-V-U-E Pod. And you can send us emails and questions, comments, and suggestions to mediareviewpod at gmail.com. Or you can leave a voicemail by calling 407-603-5847. Please don't forget to subscribe to our feed and rate and review the pod because, you know, that really helps us stand out. Only five star, please. Only five stars. Again, Mara, thank you so much. I do hope that you've inspired someone in our audience to create. So... I'll just go back to something I've been telling my audience since the beginning. And that is to go out there and make something. Express it, live it, feel it. But please, please, don't forget to breathe. Till next time, thanks for listening. Bye-bye.